Welcome to the Wild and Curious podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. How was playing Afghan hero girl? How did you like it? Well, I liked it, but... I had the same experience that I usually have when I play video games, which is that I am bad at them. I have watched you play video games and I will agree with that (laughs) statement. You are bad. When So there was this one part pretty early on in the game where I did get stuck. I was like, wait a second, how am I supposed to get up there? You have to hit the jump button two times in a row. Did you figure that out? Um... No. Okay, that's probably where you got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept dying. Like I would jump on the spikes and there'd be that mean egg-headed person there and, you know. The uh, people who jump out of cages and try to shoot you? So, no, I did not get very far. Um, Yeah. But it was fun. Good. Yeah. It reminded me of some games that I've played before, though. Yeah. But obviously... The coolest part is that you get to play a female character who is the hero. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you're a girl. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen that much in video games. No, or if never. it does happen, it's it's very much your character is based from a male gaze. You know, you're this like right. really fit, like big boobed character. <laughs> right. Or, or you're a female animal, you know, like a, like a walking cat or something. Yeah. A sexy female cat. Obviously. Yes. What other kind of cat is there? Um, <laughs> so it's very cool to play a video game and have that be the person and the main character. She's wearing a hijab, which is like so refreshing to see. And the music is beautiful. It's, you know, it's traditional and the visuals are lovely. So I enjoyed it for that, even if I couldn't beat the game. That's okay. Yeah. Today we're talking with Faresh Furo. She is the founder and executive director of Code to Inspire, which is the school that is responsible for making Afghan Hero Girl. Code to Inspire is Afghanistan's first coding school for girls. Since their start in 2015, they have served 200 girls and had 70 graduates. Yeah, I think I remember the first day when I went um, to the class, I was walking into the hall and I was like hearing someone talking about math. And when I went, the teacher welcomed me and he said, uh, there's like five questions on the board. Um, Please solve the questions. So I want to know what's the level of class. And I barely could solve like, I guess, the first or the second question. I was very disappointed, very upset. Uh, Went home, complained against my parents. They again encouraged me. And then the next day we had um, introduction to algorithm and problem solving and uh, more kind of like um, Q basic that time, the language. Um, and I really loved it. I loved it because first I it was in English and I could follow up the class. But also I like the creativity and problem solving aspects of it. I always love to figure things out and solve problems. And I think like puzzles or game and that's how it made me interested and um and I think at the end of the story I had to give up on math and 
um, compromise with it and follow uh, my uh, passion with computer science and finally get a master in computer science as well. So you you started this career and and from this beginning you started Code to Inspire in 2015. Why did you decide did you decide to found Code to Inspire? Being born as a refugee, um, I was denied accessing education. And I was going on with the fear either I would be go to school or not. So that was certainly something um, that was staying with me throughout my whole life. And um, and I was very upset because I think the education is a basic human rights and everyone should access it without any uh, you know, discrimination. And um, being a woman in technology, I faced a lot of backlashes and threats because I was very vocal and I was against all the traditional you know, beliefs that the women should stay home. And so that that's, I think, that made me to think about what should I do to change the situation, especially for women in technology and help them to be financially empowered and independent. What is it, like, what is general life like for a female today in Afghanistan? Well, I mean, I definitely want to say that, like, things have changed a lot um, compared to when I um, or my family moved to Afghanistan. You know, we moved early 2002, where that was a country that inherited four decades of war. The Taliban just left the country. There's certainly a lot of um, insecurities and um, problems within different regions. Uh, There weren't a lot of... uh, um, a lot of infrastructure like uh, healthy water, you know, uh, roads and schools, hospitals. There were no sign um, of a lot of these infrastructure. So it was very difficult at the time I was um, students and living in Herat, uh, you know, to kind of not only be a person living in Afghanistan, but as a woman. Um, however, within um, these 18 years of the support of international community and Af- Afghanistan government and its people, we've seen a lot of changes. It's not black and white. I mean, there's certainly a lot of um, violence against women, you know, forced marriages, the girls being forced to marry in early ages. There's still schools in some areas in Afghanistan with the prisons of Taliban that are being burned, the girls' schools and and the girls are being threatened going to school. Um, so very, very basic um, things, even like the girls go to a coffee shop, you know, to movies together, just laugh out loud outside, you know, be themselves. These are still some of the very basic things that um, they are being deprived in a lot of uh, areas of Afghanistan. Um, but despite on that, I also can say that uh, there's certainly a lot of progress happening. For example, uh, during the Taliban regime, there were only less than one million students going to school with um, zero women. Um, it was all men, but now nearly seven million children are enrolled in schools, which um, 2.5 million of them are girls. And also the participation of women in workforce has um, has been rising uh, since 2001, reaching 19 percent. It's wonderful to hear that there is progress being made and that even though there's still challenges that you've seen so much growth um, even since opening up Code to Inspire. So what kind of opportunities have you found that Code to Inspire gives women in Afghanistan and gives girls? Well, definitely the idea of creating Code to Inspire was uh, based on three important pillars. One was to provide a very safe and secure educational environment. 
that's something that not a lot of girls around Afghanistan have access. And again, because it's a very still conservative traditional country and community, uh, family prefer to send their daughters to places where it's only for girls. And then the second, we offer the school for free because, because it's an extracurricular activity. Um, families tend to invest on boys um, because they think he's the breadwinner and in future the girl's going to get married and, you know, there is no financial um, um, kind of benefit investing in them. And the third, which is the most important pillar, is what kind of skill we should teach these young ladies so that when they graduate, um, either they can find job within the community or we can outsource projects to them from around the world or they can be entrepreneur and raise funds. We help them and have ideas uh, and hire more women. Um, one of the example was um, one of our students who joined our uh, web development class when she was a 10th grader um, in high school. Um, she um, came from a very financial challenging background family. She never had uh, a phone, even a basic phone, never been online, even had a computer. And um, when we interviewed her and we asked her, why do you want to join the coding school? She said, I want to make money. And we were like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with making money. I think yeah. that's a great <laughs> motivation for you. And um, so she joined the class. She spent um, with us the two-year after-school program. And when she graduated one day, she texted me and she said, well, um, I want to say something and you cannot believe that. And um, I went to a company and, of course, they're all men company. And I told them that I can create a website and um, help you to get your business online. And they accepted it. And I'm going to get paid $200. And I was like, wow, like, that's amazing. You are such a badass because like, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, like a 12th grade uh, students still very young. You go and convince a company that are mainly men that I can help your business to grow. And uh, that's the first time you get paid. Um, um, she actually was, um, even when she was coming to the school, she even couldn't pay for her commute, which was less than a few cents. And we sponsored her and we even gave her a laptop um, to take home and work. So she really tried her best to, you know, get to the uh, goal that she had. And, um, and we were very, um, and we were very fortunate to, to, to experience and see that with her because um, the average income monthly salary in Afghanistan is $150, $200. And we do have some students that now make uh, twice and more than the um, male family members, like a $300, $400. And that's what we try yeah. to do to <laughs> make our girls more be financially empowered. And that seems like such an amazing thing to to introduce into families and society. But I, I do understand that that might be a little bit different, especially for a structure that is so patriarchal. So with that in mind, what would you say has been the response to Code to Inspire? Well, you know, to be honest, when we started it, um, I was also very afraid because I was like, I don't know how would be the community response because you talk about coding technology. It's still very, you know, like uh, in case of education, it's not a basic education. But when we started it, we did have a lot of girls who were very passionate, who came and but majority of them never touched the computer, never been online. 
um, didn't have English, um, uh, you know, um, didn't know how to speak English properly. Um, so it was very difficult for us. Uh, but um, we helped a lot of, of them to, you know, get to the level of the school. Um, I remember that, like, um, after a few months when we started our game design class, for example, and we started posting about some of the games that our girls are making, we did have a lot of the um, people who commented on our um, Facebook page, um, kind of like saying, oh, girls and like, <laughs> like, what is this game? So, like, you know, at the end of the story, they're going to get married and they're going to like make babies and be in the kitchen watching babies. So like, that was like, sounds like a good game. And some of those actually comments were coming from apparently, you know, well-educated men and some of them like computer science major. And I was like, oh my goodness, like there's a long way ahead to change this perspective. By the end of the first year, we saw that like there's a huge shift in the community. There's a lot of uh, people learn more about what does that mean to be a girl in computer science. You received a lot of emails and text messages from either girls around Afghanistan to ask us if we were able to open the school in their uh, hometown. We also received a lot of uh, calls, text messages, even with the brother, father, or the husbands of the girls come to the school to uh, check our uh, students' work. And some of them were asking, my sister want to come to your school. How does that happen? Like, I know like a female relative want to come. So like a lot of men actually reached out to us and asked, um, what's the next class? When would be the next class? And they want to send their female family members to our school. Um, and certainly recently with the um, Afghan Hero Girl game, um, which... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have played that. <laughs> which from the name, it's obvious. The superhero is a girl. And um, we created it because the girls were like, oh, we're like, we're tired of the men being a superhero in the game. And we want to create like a girl from Afghanistan be a superhero. They created the game and we... Um, it's both for Android phone and iOS and we've never uh, expected that much of you know like um, downloads and comments and welcomes there were like thousands of downloads hundreds of comments and a lot of those people who previously were mocking why the girls should make games were now like, oh, like I played this level. Can you maybe add this? And like, <laughs> but like now they're like giving us, you know, comments about improving the games so that they played in the way they want. So there's only a huge shift we're um, seeing and not only in the community, but also on the other side, the girls become more confident and, uh, you know, aware about their, you know, their, their power of, you know, like empowering themselves and the voice that they can have and raise that in the community. You've mentioned before that your goal is to spread peace through coding. And it seems like that's something that you are you know, that's happening even with something like, like Afghan hero girl. In what other ways do you feel that coding is going to be spreading peace? Well, you know what, I guess like coding is a language like any other language. Um, the interesting thing for this language for me is that it's a language that doesn't have any border. So that's to make you a digital citizen of the world. When you become a digital citizen of the world, then um, um, you learn how to embrace indifferences um, you learn how to work with people in different areas and learn about them. And that's like the key to the piece, because usually 
when we don't want to try to learn about indifferences of other countries or not being open to learn about it. That's how it gives us a different perspective. And unfortunately, sometimes it becomes more violent that like it turns to conflict and war because coding is a 21st century skill. And again, going back to uh, being a digital citizen of the world, you don't necessarily have to move um, to, to write code. You know, um, if you have a safe place with internet and a laptop, you can do a lot of work and also helps you to economically be more empowered and that's very obvious once people are very economically empowered and they're able to pay their bills you know and they're able to like um, feel a fulfilled life because they're not worrying about it that there's no time for you know going after killing each other because you need money investing on coding especially for women it's that investing our education is investing on the next generation. As much as we have, or as many as educated women we have, um, the next generation would be more educated and more willing towards peace building rather than conflict and war. There's so much change that you've helped to create for this generation. And then just to think of, you know, 10, 20 years from now, how that's going to affect people is really inspiring. Can you share any of any of the further goals that you have for Code to Inspire? Yes, absolutely. I think certainly for the next uh, three to five years for us is to scale and grow the organization, especially in Afghanistan at the first step. We are now having only one location, um, which is in Herat, a city in west of Afghanistan. But as I mentioned earlier, we receive a lot of request to expand our school in other cities. So uh, hopefully once we get into a better financial you know, situation, um, we would love to expand the school within this uh, other cities in Afghanistan. But my ultimate goal is to make Code to Inspire um, a place for uh, all the women uh, around the world in conflict zone. So we would, I would love to expand the program in other conflict zone and areas where women are the victim and uh, I help them with the coding. So it can be any country in Middle East, Central South Asia, Africa, um, Latin America, any place in the world that they women do suffer because of the conflict and they have to displace or become refugees. That's the ultimate goal for me to help them as much as I can. I loved talking to her, and I think one of the things that really stood out to me was when she spoke about how coding is this digital language and how being a global citizen with this language that doesn't have any borders is a great way to start a piece. And it, it made coding kind of romantic. You know, it's a little poetic. I've never thought about it in that way, but it is something that transcends cultural barrier it's essentially yeah no absolutely it you know it's I've heard I've heard math and music talked about that way where it's you know it, it doesn't have a language it doesn't have any barriers but we don't I, I never thought of coding that way because uh you know I'm not very good at computers but it is it's it's the modern music and I just think it's so incredible what she's doing yeah giving people that education to speak that language mm-hmm we are in the digital age and it's only going to become more important to be able to speak that kind of digital language. Yes. It makes me think I should take classes. You should. You would be mm -hmm. great at coding. 
I might. You know what? I just might. The other thing that stood out to me personally was she's talking about what life is like in Afghanistan for women, both in the cities and in the rural areas. Mm -hmm. And I went through many different emotions hearing her speak (laughs) (laughs) because there's this part of me that's like, great. It's so wonderful to hear that things are changing. And then there was the part of me that was like, it's so terrible that, you know, women can't even go out in public alone or, you know, she's saying just even laughing and, you know, having that freedom. So that makes me really angry. But you have to remember, like, where a place is coming from. The Taliban fell in 2001. Yeah. And so for them to have come this far, for Fareshta to have a coding school for girls in Afghanistan, that's extraordinary. That's so, so wonderful. Yeah. No, she's she's incredible. The work she's doing is absolutely inspiring. And she's changing these women's lives. Um, and... If you would like to learn more about Code to Inspire or you would like to donate, head to codetoinspire.org or you can find them on Instagram. Their handle is at Code to Inspire. And if you need help with building a website or creating a new game, you can hire a Code to Inspire graduate through their website. If you enjoy listening to the Wild and Curious podcast and would like to contribute to helping us make this thing run, you can. You can Venmo us at the Wild and Curious or via PayPal at paypal.me slash the Wild and Curious. Anything you send, big or small, will go towards the cost of running a podcast that's dismantling the patriarchy. You can also follow along with our adventures on Instagram. Our handle is at underscore the wild and curious underscore. And we will also put that in the show notes for you. We are always looking for extraordinary women to talk to you on our show. If you have someone in mind or you are that someone, go to thewildandcurious.com to let us know. It means so much to us when people rate our show in iTunes and leave reviews. We read all of those sweet nothings. And yes, we cry about them. We laugh about them. We love them. We also love it when people send our podcast to someone who they think will enjoy it. Feminist sharing feminist content is the best. 